0: Well, one of the most um, spoken about uh, people in the news since Sukkis uh, has called into JM in the AM. We revealed this news, and um, I shouldn't say we revealed it. We didn't reveal it for the first time, but for our audience, we revealed it after uh, Sukkis when we got back here. On Monday, and uh, of course, many people had uh, heard about it from so many different sources. It was one of those things that went viral. The news that Kosher Delight on Avenue J had closed its doors. Who could believe it? And Murray Uberfeld is with us live via telephone. He's the man who decided to start Kosher Delight 35 years ago, and I'm suspecting he's the man who decided to end the run uh, just last week. Murray Uberfeld, welcome back to JM in the AM.
1: Good morning, Rav How are you?
0: <laughs> Baruch Hashem. I know, I know a lot of this uh, is being done tongue in cheek, but you, ha- you have to be amazed that you know I, I like to post different things on Facebook about politics, things having to do with Israel, serious matters, news items I want people to know about. But when I when I posted on Facebook the five things I'll miss the most about kosher delight, it got such an insane number of likes and comments. It's unbelievable. I think I have to start to start commenting and posting about these types of things in the. future future. Uh, I know you saw it. Uh, one of the things I'm going to miss very much is that amazing menu and that delicious food. What's the reaction been from the community since you made this decision to close Kosher Delight?
1: Well, I hope people are, are you know, busier with more important uh, <laughs> and loftier, uh, loftier problems of the world. But uh, if there are, thank God, a very, very long, successful uh, run of 35 years, three months and a few days. The family made a decision uh, based on an unsolicited offer for uh, the real estate. To uh, unfortunately close the the kosher delight, it was actually run day to day by my parents, who are Baruch Hashem uh, um, very active still, but uh, advanced in their years. So uh, it was more of a real estate decision, not a decision as to uh, the business. And uh, so
0: even you felt that Avenue J needed another bank, huh? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, you know what? Baruch Hashem, 13th Avenue and Avenue J becoming a banking center—it's
0: unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know how the consumers and the retailers feel about it, but uh, who ever dreamt that there would be that kind of transition over all these years? What was Avenue J like in 1979?
1: So actually, when we opened, I was uh, tender of age of 19, right wow. out of uh, Tarvadas, and um, Avenue J was a, was a mixed area of. Uh, Room and on from uh, people, and uh, it was a stretch to open up uh, that type of store and that type of investment in, uh, which was then a transitioning transitioning neighborhood. But we were from the first day, June third, we were accepted by the community, and uh, we have we're very thankful to uh, you know the thousands, if not uh, millions, of customers that, and friends that uh, frequented the store.
0: You don't have a clue how many meals you served, huh?
1: Yeah, I know. My son, actually, in Ertasrolo, who was there for yonder, said to me that... He thinks that about 90% of every single Jewish person that actually eats out must have, at one time, eaten kosher delight. Oh,
0: no question about it. And think of all the different franchises you had during all that time, sure. Right.
1: You know, there people from Arizona Stroll, people from Europe, people, uh, you know, from California who uh, stopped me and said, oh, I was in kosher delight then. and this. Well,
0: and that. I think that that's why this news took everybody the way it did, because it wasn't just that we were losing an eatery. It was people were losing part of their whole... You know growing up the part of their whole background
1: yeah, for me too
0: I can only imagine
1: right my kids actually said to me last night she goes uh one said did you did you freeze like in you know, a three hundred <laughs> chicken soup or did you have the sino sauce put away for us, or uh what are we doing about sesame chicken you know there was the usual uh we actually we actually were not sure this was gonna go through, so we really uh were not kind of keeping a secret but um we were to see if this transaction would have gone through, and it would have did. We had uh, we had uh, to make the decision to close.
0: And, and I don't know if it's an irony or what. Was, was Hoshana Rabba the last day?
1: Hoshana Rabba night before Tuesday night we closed. Wednesday uh, we cleaned up, and
0: uh, and that was the end of the.
1: Yeah, there was. Uh, that was the Hoshana.
0: What am I going to do about the dark chicken box now?
1: <laughs> you know, so I was thinking to myself as, as to like, you know, what are the favorite items that people, you know, uh, heavy, have 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 always commented about over the last you know uh, many years and there was like Sesame chicken, the sinos, meat, the sino sandwich—that
0: was like the. Yeah, people. The thing.
1: Were, I saw that you weren't a big. Yeah, people
0: sandwich. were upset at me on Facebook that I didn't note the uh, sino sandwich. I, right. I, I like the uh, the original steak sandwich that I liked a lot. Okay,
1: that's you're you're <laughs> you're an original though. You know, like everybody always says, you are an original. And
0: can you believe that onion rings, which uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not quite sure how they were prepared? Could you believe that that ended up number one on my list? That was the thing that I, there was something about those kosher delight onion rings that I just loved.
1: You know, we have uh, we have as a family from you know very long memories and really great, fond memories of meeting you know so many people and uh, over the years. And like I said before, we have tremendous akharasatay to uh, the uh, the community for the support that they gave us for so many years and so many friends that we met through kosher delight. I actually met my business partner through kosher delight, so it's uh, that I'm in today. So it has for us. Very, very fine
0: memory. Unbelievable. Murray Uberfeld with us live via telephone discussing this earth-shattering news. He he shook the world by closing Kosher Delight on Avenue J, the final location, uh, earlier in the week. Uh, what is it, by the way? Is, is, I mean, I know it's a combination of everything, but, but speak to each one of these individual things for a moment. The competition must be insane, compared, not just compared to the 70s, but even compared to 10, 15 years ago, right?
1: Yeah, so when we opened up, there was really very, 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 very few... Uh, Places that uh, that were you know going going specifically after the firm community and we also took we felt we took the the business well to a different level which means we opened up we spent a lot of money on branding on packaging and all those kinds of things right. that people were not doing back then especially in the kosher business and you know I don't want to say it was the kosher McDonald's but we definitely looked towards you know the national franchises to see how to run operations, and we became a student of that whole business. And today, you know, uh, you know everybody uh, whoever wants to go into the restaurant business, you know, uh, spends a few dollars, opens a place. I'm not sure exactly how many of them are being actually successful as far as being profitable, but there is no question a lot of competition. We we you know. I don't think that was the reason that we closed about that competition we that store was still doing quite well. I think the week before uh during circus we served about uh three or four thousand people that week right so uh yeah thank this- God, you know we had uh, a very loyal customer base.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying it's got, it's got to be, it's got to be one of the factors. And what about costs in general? It must be insane these days compared to when you started to just buy the provisions that you need and the different items you need to have a restaurant. I mean, and the infrastructure itself. I mean, it, it must be a completely different world in that regard. No question.
1: You know, the prices were, we, we were, for example, you know, we, Raise prices every few years by a few uh, percentages, but we we weren't able to raise any prices since 2007, since the crisis right. happened. So we were so basically over the last let's call it seven years, as costs, labor, blah blah blah, whatever other costs went up, we were we held the prices to uh, what they were uh, based on you know based on what the market would bear, and uh, no question. I remember uh, opening day uh, 1979, we sold. Five burgers, I believe, for a dollar ninety-nine. <laughs> so, and then the two anniversaries—the first 1980, 1981—we sold hamburgers for a quarter. I think we sold a hundred thousand each of those days. So, could you imagine what a hundred thousand hamburgers <laughs> at twenty-five cents wasn't exactly a profitable business?
0: But <laughs>
1: anyway, we did it for to you know to uh, to build a brand, and thank God we were able to do that.
0: What was your greatest menu expansion? When did that take place? The biggest menu expansion you ever had?
1: when we opened up Chinese which was like a whole other area I, I don't remember what year it was it was probably sometime i think is i would say mid 80s
0: oh that uh, early after,
1: yeah after we opened up Manhattan 1984 oh. we opened up Brooklyn 79 so what Lake, so once Mar- the Mar-
0: night once the 90s hit the full menu we were uh, familiar with was already in existence
1: yes that's true
0: interesting with some
1: small variations since you right. know, the mid 90s we added think different things tried different things all the time um you know, it became at the end a very, very big menu with a lot of different people working there and uh, you know, you needed to do big volume to be able to support that whole operation.
0: Well the big question, everyone wants to know, any chance that it'll reappear somewhere else at some future time.
1: You know, as I say, you never know.
0: You never know. And if it does reappear, does it have to be Brooklyn or it could possibly be Manhattan again?
1: You ne- like I said, you never know. You, you know, never uh, know, you never know. We're, but I would uh,
0: think it's either one or the other, right?
1: You never know my family lives in the five towns but mm. hey you never know. <laughs> you you maybe the lower east side of them to come close to the you.
0: Oh, I don't know. We ke- it seems we keep losing places as opposed to uh, gaining, uh restaurants.
1: I, I just want to say one thing is you know I was over the antif I had the uh the Chusta Davin together with Moshe Ben David and we were I did tell him that the store was closing and we had some some fond uh,
0: reminiscence,
1: reminiscing, and I actually said to him that I remember in 1979, right after we opened him and Shea Mendelwitz, of if everybody I'm sure knows him. Sure. She and Mudge opened an office right across the street, and every day came into Kosher Light to have meetings, and became like a real, real popular destination as people saw people like that. Coming there and I have a lot of a type to them. Well
0: you told me in the eighties, if not the eighties was the early nineties, that Shia Menloitz may have been your greatest PR machine when it came to Kosher Delight. He
1: was and I remember actually driving to work one morning, you and Shia called me and we did kosher <laughs> the light trivia. And I tell you, she knew a lot more than I did. <laughs> You know, it was a test of like what year we brought in macaroni salad or something like that, and I uh, and she had the date down to to a to a date.
0: Are you now rotating restaurants when you go out to eat, or you have a favorite out there?
1: You know, I'm. uh, I go I go to a lot of different places. Uh, I have a lot of friends of mine in the restaurant business, and
0: uh, oh, do you in fact? I guess so.
1: And uh, the owner's of prime grill, Mike's Bistro. These are all friends of mine, and uh, you know. uh, I don't say that I'm a critic, and they have, they have uh, you know, it's a different <laughs> level, but, uh, you know, it, these are good places, and uh, they still sure have a lot of success.
0: Should we worry about you, Murray, that you're not going to have anything to do now that Coach's Light is closed? Or you? I'm
1: going I'm to try to find something to do with, with, with uh, the few minutes a day that I was devoting towards that. I will definitely try to, maybe I'll... Uh... Maybe I'll re- redouble my learning. We'll
0: say there you go. That's a nice goal, uh, Murray Uberfeld, It has to be heartwarming finding out. Unfortunately, under these circumstances, but finding out just how many people loved what you and your family created so many years ago.
1: I did, and I, and, and I have to say again that i received about a thousand emails in the last uh, in the last forty-eight seventy-two hours, and uh, a lot of them saying, you know. Uh, Oh my God! What are we gonna do? How did you close? Who gave you permission to close? <laughs> blah blah blah. But we, we as a family have, like I said before, really a lot of heartfelt memories of kosher delight, heartfelt gratitude to our friends and customers, and uh, we really thank everyone for uh, a 35 plus year run, and um, we wish them. Uh, success in all their endeavors, and hopefully we'll have success
0: in ours. It is amazing, and if it does reopen, I want the first dark dinner box.
1: (laughs) Malcolm, I want want to thank you because you've been a good friend and a loyal supporter and a big uh, advocate big advocate, not in size, because I know you're, you're you're very tall, but a big advocate with a big heart, then you should have a lot of atzluch with your show, continue that atzluch.
0: I appreciate that very much. Murray, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Be
1: well, my pleasure.
0: Murray Uberfeld is the, uh, the man who created, he and his family created Kosher Delight, and uh, unfortunately for us, but you heard the reasons why, uh, Kosher Delight is no more but on Avenue J in Brooklyn it has been there, was there for 35 over 35 years pretty amazing and again as Murray said through the emails and as I commented through uh, my Facebook experience obviously it struck a nerve with a lot of folks out there in terms of uh, uh, memories and reminiscence uh, with Kosher Delight and a special shout out to Shea I said it during the conversation Murray Uberfeld always told me he was the greatest advocate uh, especially early on for the uh, uh, incredible contribution that Kosher Delight made to the kosher community.